Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the first sit of 2021. We made it. <laughs> this continuum. Cool. So yeah, we'll go ahead and start. So we'll move into a half an hour silent meditation. So as you settle in this morning, maybe allowing the mind to open a bit through gratitude, some gratefulness to be able to practice, to be able to be together. Also gratitude for any teachers or teachings, to any lineages that have had benefit on you and your practice, allowing that to come to mind. and allowing your motivation for practice to also arise as you begin to settle. And we'll be going over some more broad 2021 intentions, setting the intention for this practice and taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Taking refuge in your Buddha nature. Taking refuge, turning inward. Taking refuge in Dharma, the truth of what is. This breath, this moment body sensation. And then taking refuge that we're on this journey together as a Sangha, supporting one another, meeting similar challenges along the way and doing our best to apply wholesome antidotes to such challenges.
And as you move into deeper stillness and silence, minding the mind, And as you do so, remember the heart, meeting this moment with gentleness and kindness as a way to tame the mind and further your concentration. Allowing it to rest with what is And then allowing the awareness to narrow on your object of choice, whether it be breath, the sensations caused by the movement of breath in the body, or kindness itself. And as your attention narrows, be mindful of how much energy is needed to stay on the object. And I will be quiet for the remainder of this sit while we practice.
All right. Welcome again. Wendy and I both welcome you. Um, this special set, like I said, the first one of, of 2021. Uh, maybe let's just start off by, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and we could all check in. Just say, just say hi. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. 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 Yes. Howdy. Yes. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Merry New Year. Personally, it's just, just so wonderful that we've been able to transition. I just want to thank everybody for um, transitioning uh, on into this format. And we're so lucky to have this format. Um, it's just absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, just really, really thankful uh, that we all can keep, continue to show up. I don't know, Wendy, if you want to just say a word or two, feel free. Well, seeing that Casey has said that um, somehow we've managed to um, get through 2020 with this format and um, have some wonderful and rich programs and experiences together. I'm very grateful that we have this community and um, we've transitioned so well. Yeah, and we hope to obviously continue continue to do so um, in 2021. And now we have really more offerings than, than ever uh, with the, the morning sits, the, the evening sits, uh, which hopefully we can keep going Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we do have the, at the, the about mid-month, we have the essentials, like another basics class with myself and David Lee. We're going to be doing that. And then we have a three-day coming up. It's really one full day of practice. It's like the traditional, you know, starting Friday, full day of practice on Saturday, and then Sunday with Wendy and I. And that's um, the Fearless Heart Retreat. That Again, that's the last weekend of this month. So, um, yeah, looking forward to all of that. I want to start off, we're going to be doing some attention settings um, in, in a little bit. But I wanted to start off um, just by looking at how we can cultivate the, um, the right mindset for the Dharma to ripen. So like when we're heading into 2021 and maybe a fresh, you know, this, this feeling of, of a fresh start, I'm more and more curious as I sit with the past um, how does Dharma ripen? Like it's a quite unique thing that wisdom ripens when it does. We've all probably had that experience where we have heard things over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden it lands. <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh, I get it. And, and it can be something so silly, like, you know, just be in the moment. And you're like, oh, just be in the moment. And we've heard it a million times. But then we actually experience it, like, for, for ourselves for the first time. And it's like this huge revelation. What, what are the causes and conditions that allow that, that moment to happen? Like, what, really, what really is that? So I'm very, very curious about that. And it reminds me of the story of Naropa, which most of you all know, I'm sure, but Naropa, which is, of course, this great scholar, and he was the best scholar at the time at Nalanda, you know, the most renowned Buddhist university in, in India during his time. And Naropa was just a master at debating. And so he would win all his debates. And and one night he was visited by a Dakini in more or less human form. And she came to him and, and she asked him really bluntly, you know, Naropa, do you know the words of the Buddha? And he said, well, of, of course I do. I'm, I'm the great Naropa. And 
I'm the best scholar of my time. I know the words of the Buddha. <clears throat> and then, then he made a mistake because <laughs> he said after that, he's like, not only do I know the words of the Buddha, but I know their meaning. I know the meaning of the words. And the great Dakini started crying. She was crying and, and she says, you're, you're a liar. You know the words, but you don't know the meaning. But luckily for you, I know someone that does. My brother Talopa knows the meaning of the words. And when he heard that name, when he heard Talopa's name, Naropa was overwhelmed with, with devotion just by hearing his name. So he went and, and of course, studied with Talopa for 12 years and realized you know, the true meaning um, of the words. <clears throat> and so, you know, what, what does this mean? Like realizing the, the, the true meaning. I think that the first thing that we want to remember is, is just this, that it's not the words which are external is that we are minding the mind. This is the, the purest um, foundational element of the practice is that we're turning inward. And for me, I have to continuously remind myself of this. Um, just that, that tendency to seek is, is overwhelming, like that tendency to think that it's outside or that tendency to uh, to move my energy in, in the direction outside of myself. So the, the first reminder is to turn inward. They say like, no matter what part of the, the teaching you're, you're practicing, if you're just listening, the actual mind, even though you're listening to something outside or you're, you're receiving the teaching somehow outside, you're reading, listening, then your actual attention, however, is turned inward to see how is this landing in my mind. Of course, when we're actually meditation, when we're actually meditating, the minds turn inward. So this, this foundational element of turning the energy, the attention inward, this is where the work is. The work is never you know, on this outside element, right? And then I was reviewing just how it is in another another book that I'm reading, um, and they kind of go over the the basics because in, in in a lot of the teachings they'll have a basic section on uh, why well, I say like not basic but it's a repeated section on how to listen to the Dharma, and you know to listen with your full body to listen with openness um, and also listen with the cultivation of, of positive mindsets. You know, so positive mind. So just like when we're having, we have the uh, the neutral, uh, the pleasant and unpleasant feeling tones. We also have uh, the thoughts in the mind that are uh, positive, neutral, and and negative. And we want to move into the the mindset uh, that are positive in nature. And of course, if we have a neutral mind, if we're neutral to the teachings, then we have no interest, we have no curiosity, so they can't stick, right? And if we, if we move with a, a negative mindset set or aversion, you know, of course, we have a repulsion uh, to what we're hearing. But the, the positive mind, mind states when we're listening to the Dharma, and I think this you know, points to how we can cultivate that fertile ground for the, for the Dharma to ripen. These attitudes are threefold. Um, we have faith, renunciation, and bodhicitta, or compassion. And so I just want to speak to these uh, specifically, as I think these are three wonderful um, attitudes to, to have in our minds as we move into this new year. Uh, so faith, faith and devotion, this is the opposite of the hindrance of doubt. The most powerful hindrance is, is, uh, is doubt and having faith 
and, and devotion. Um, and here devotion is devotion to, you know, it can be devotion to the teachers and um, the refuges, but it's, it's really devotion to ourselves. It's, it's devotion to wanting to be happy, wanting to be liberated from suffering. So we're really devoted to this. It's devoted to self-love. Like I'm, I'm really here so I can have, find more happiness and, and less suffering. And it's the faith that we can. And this is an ongoing, an ongoing process that I could do it. The, the second positive mind state is renunciation. And, you know, this is in the teachings a lot where we're abandoning the, the unwholesome so we can cultivate the wholesome. I like to think of it in, the, in terms of if we want to, if we want access to one world, we have to abandon the other one. <laughs> and again, it turns to that, that same, that energetic, um, that energy of either we're moving out and in the world or are we moving in? And again, this doesn't mean that we can't be active in the world, uh, but it's, it is abandoning our, um, it's abandoning our dependence on, on the external. Like this is, this is gonna, where it's going to be. It's going to, and our happiness and whatnot is going to be in the external. So we're abandoning that. So this is that renunciation aspect is that we're renouncing that we're finding it out out there that we're actually going to find it within ourselves. And then the third one is, is compassion or bodhicitta. This, this motivation to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. And, and I think these three lead to a fourth attitude, which is, which is energy for the practice. So we call it motivation, we call it intention. We call it, um, you know, the foundation of this is curiosity and an investigation. So we have energy and motivation for the practice. So as we, as we move into, you know, whatever our spiritual goals may be this year to settle our mindfulness and recognizing where is the mind? Is the mind neutral about our practice today? And do we have a mind of maybe a bit of aversion, which is totally going to happen? all these mind states are going to happen, right? We're going to have a lot of motivation. Sometimes we're going to have a lack of motivation. We're going to have um, aversion to sitting, for example. Um, but to pay attention to this and then to cultivate, uh, we have the tools in our, our Dharma toolbox, if you will, that how can we find more faith in our own Buddha nature? And again, this is a lot of reflection we could do. I'm a big fan of meditation journals. So we could reflect on times when we have sat with ourselves and had some sense of peace, some sense of calm. We could reflect on the mind state of renunciation. So here's a good practice, of course, of dukkha, that um, the unsatisfactoriness of external things that are impermanent. And then this bodhicitta, this compassion mind, this compassionate mind, and it starts with ourselves again. May I be free from suffering. This is, this is the most beautiful intention. May I be free from suffering. And again, with this intention of may I be free from suffering, we get connected to our own suffering and therefore we're connected to um, the suffering of others. Right? We, we become very empathic um, um, in this way. And, and this moves us towards more curiosity. <clears throat> yeah, so I think that's a good, that's a good place for me to, to stop today. Just a little, just a few words on, on some of that. And then Wendy's gonna take over and speak to a little bit of intention setting and et cetera.
Thanks, Casey. I don't know if any of you, it's a cloudy sky out there. It, um, it's nice and chilly. I just feel like I'd love to just all sit by the fire with all of you and sit in meditation for the day. <laughs> Hard to speak. Um, so my apologies if you've heard this before. Um, I'm going to read a little uh, poem from Rumi, and I've changed a word or two, uh, plagiarizing this morning. It goes like this. Let me just... Lo, I am with you always means that when you look for awareness or mindfulness, we would say, awareness is in the look of your eyes, in the thought of looking nearer to you than yourself or things that have happened to you. There is no need to go outside. Be melting snow. Wash yourself of yourself. A white flower grows in the quietness. Let your tongue become that flower. So this little poem speaks to me at the beginning of the new year, really calls me in terms of uh, an intention for practice, intention for our, um, for the energy and focus of our lives. And I really feel that uh, these intentions we set are really, um, hopefulness that we remember to put attention to what we value. So the question for today in our breakout rooms that we'll be working with, if you like, is what would you like to bring attention to what you value? What are your values? What attention can you bring to your intention to practice? So that's one question. And, um, contemplating this and just where we've been as a Sangha, there's so much um, movement and growth that I have heard from you, all of you in the sharing week to week um, in our activities getting together, I could see that the practice has grown in so many of you and deepened. And the insights and awareness I'm hearing is um, impressive over the years. I'm really hearing this growth in practice, value of practice, love of practice from so many of you. I find that just beyond exciting and heartwarming, really amazing and beautiful in every way. Um, and the fact that so many of you are sitting more due to the pandemic. So the second question for the breakout room and for reflection today would, um, would be, has there been a silver lining for you in this rough and difficult and terrible year of the pandemic? Has there been a silver lining? And this does not negate the incredible suffering that's going on around us, uh, mind-boggling what's happening now. Um, but there is a hope that our practice and the intentions of being a help and support, that we we'll continue to support uh, those of us who are suffering and having difficulty. So going back to the poem for a minute, I want to reflect a little bit on, on the intention for practice. Be like melting snow, wash yourself of yourself. I find so much of the practice is a tearing down, a breaking down of who we take ourselves to be, of uh, the ego that, you know, the ego builds the house and the practice tears it down. And that that tearing down process is mysterious and hard to talk about, hard to define, hard to put your finger on and find words for. But there's a liberation in finding out 
the the unreality of who we take ourselves to be and how it constricts us when we build this image and believe it, this self-imaging, this evaluating, this constant chattering about who we are, who we think we are, and the suffering that's in it. So I love his simple lines, be melting snow, wash yourself of yourself, and be free of it. The self-evaluating uh, internal criticism and pushing that we can be free of it through the practice. There's a liberating quality. And the other image is a white flower grows in the quietness. Let your tongue become that flower. There's something about practice that leads us to value and rest in silence, beautiful, sweet silence, the gift of silence and the um, treasure of silence. And it infiltrates our lives so that internally we can hold some of that silence. And that silence is also a liberation and a freedom and a gift. So I love the pointer you know, in this poem, a white flower grows in the quietness. Let your tongue become that flower. I would even say your mind become that flower. And I think we're feeling it um, more and more in this sangha, the morning times of quiet, the evening times of quiet. Uh, all the sitting that we do as a group, that collective silence, that beautiful quieting mind and the liberating quality of the quieting mind. Just being simply still in the moment, quite simple. A flower in the quietness and melting snow. So these are unintentioned intentions. And um, it's good for us to gather together and um, to hear from you. And I want to encourage you before you go in the breakout rooms, um, to keep sitting, keep, keep practicing. Come in the morning, come in the evening, sit on your own. Um, keep supporting each other. This the path has so much gold to mine. So I think, Casey, uh, we're ready for these um, breakout rooms. Okay, cool. Sounds good. And how much time, Wendy, do you want in the breakout rooms? What do you think, Casey? I, I, do you think 15 or 20 minutes? Yeah, we have a good, like, 15 or 20, yeah, right around there. Okay, and I'm going to repeat the question, and um, if somebody is a good typing fast in the chat, will you put it in the chat? Um, has there been a silver lining in this difficult year? I'll put it in there. And if so, what is it? And the other one is simply, what is your intention or what atten intentions? What attention would you like to give to your intention for the year? And it could be intention for practice or intention in general. Okay. All right. So here we go. So would anybody like to share with the larger group? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. Okay. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, so first, I just want to say I'm in constant awe of how just like com just coming together. Uh, I was feeling very emotional and 
it allowed the emotions to come forth, but then uh, just something about being in this space and I could see like just that kind of real clear finite endings of hard emotions and then, and then also the just being able to have those happening at the same time as feeling so deeply connected and grateful for all of you and brought my smile back a little. Um, so I thought what we, what we all seemed to share was that the spaciousness that this time has brought definitely created a different relationship to time and, and a commitment to varying degrees of, and deepening our practice and what, you know, really wanting to take what we've learned about what matters, what we value most, and that when things return to a semblance of normalcy, that uh, we have a different relationship to time and busyness, and that we still have a lot of control about every choice that we make, and, and that that was exciting. And so, yeah, excited about the possibilities of being able to, you know, con connect those lessons with the next phase. Um, yeah, there were other things, but I'll let other people speak. Just unmute yourself and jump in. I'll jump in. Um, I don't know if my connection's okay, so let me know if it's all right. So um, yeah, I was with Claire, Julie, and Lars and Kelly, and um, so much came up uh, in a short amount of time, but I appreciated having a little more time. It was great. Um, there are some practical things, um, but I think um, what I noticed was that we ended up in some way or another, all referring back to the three mind states that Casey started with, maybe not using the exact words um, in all cases, but um, really opening ourselves up more to those around us, um, our planet, um, just valuing life, um, realizing how precious it is. Um, in some cases in our group, very personal cases um, of, realizing the value of our lives, but I think just in what the past year has shown us um, um, doing that. Um, so yeah, just, and committing more to our practice, I think was pretty consistent too. Um, what came to, I wanted to share one thing that came to mind to me when Wendy and Casey were um, talking, um, Ali had said it and it's not new, but it made me think one of the values that I come up with for this year was my connection to this Sangha, um, ironically being stronger, even though we don't get to see each other and hug. Um, and Ali had shared something once, a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, who he attributed to, is that the new Buddha may be the Sangha. And I just like the thought of it. You know, I just, um, anyway, thank you all. I'd like to say how thankful I am uh, to Wendy and Casey. Uh, great talk and great sangha. And uh, you guys are amazing. And I like this, this format of the two of you uh, uh, both speaking together and giving your perspective. I don't know if it's something that could be continued in the future, but I really appreciate it. Uh, in terms of the new year and kind of what Casey was talking about, which I'm going to focus on more because I, I've talked about Wendy's topics with her yesterday <laughs> at the Saturday sit. But in terms of faith and devotion, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I used to have a powerboat. And, you know, if you drive about 20 miles into the horizon, you get to a new horizon. Uh, and so you get to a point where now you can see further. And I think in terms of this whole path, there's a lot of that, and I think it instills faith. Uh, the more you learn, the more you learn, and the more faith you have because of what you've experienced. And then with compassion, you know, I'm, I'm realizing that not only, I, I just feel like compassion is our natural state. 
Wisdom is our natural state, but our attachments and aversions get in the way of that. Everybody wants to see the good guy win. We all have compassion. Um, so then in terms of, of uh, you mentioned renunciation, and I think Hung Po would have, have used the word relinquish everything. Uh, he says a true Dharma is to relinquish everything, which, you know, as I meditate, I, I watch my mind attaching to things, you know, getting stuck on a thought, something that happened in the past or getting stuck in the future and not being in the present moment. Or I'm sitting right next to someone that I love and care about, but my mind is, is somewhere else. And my goal or my main focus, I think, is going to be to let go of those attachments, relinquish everything. I think then wisdom, which is just doing what the situation calls for, and compassion, which is our natural state, will float, will, will shine through. Uh, as long as I can get rid of the things that stop my wisdom and stops my compassion. Um, so that's my intention for the new year. So Casey, will you um, lead us with the meta practice? Yeah, sure. Sounds wonderful. <clears throat> so just settling, settling in, allowing the eyes to close. So speaking of the Sangha, maybe connecting with all beings as the Sangha. And noticing how difficult it is to find these teachings, to find an actual Sangha like we have, how rare that is. How rare is it to find the motivation for practice in the span of a lifetime? How often do we actually sit still, turn inward? difficult. So true compassion is this sincere wish that all beings turn inward. See the true nature of mind, as Anthony was saying, is free from attachment, free from aversion. that all phenomena are liberated upon arising. We're already free. So connecting with the part of your heart that wants this for not only yourself, not only your friends, your loved ones, but all beings without exception, every single one. And maybe we can project for this next year that because of our own insights and our collective insights, that somehow, some way, all beings are freed. May all beings everywhere be happy and free from suffering. Om Mani Bhamiyom.
You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.